Well, thank you, Jesus. Um, going to preach today on heaven, some thoughts on heaven. Now, you know, you start looking up all the scriptures that you have on heaven, and uh, we'd be here till we all went to heaven, going over all of them because there's so many. But um, I want you to just look at, that's why I entitled this message today, Thoughts on Heaven, because we can only just get in a few at a time. And I don't know, we, this might turn into a series. We'll see what happens. Um, Scarlett and I, we've been to a, a couple of funerals in, in the last few weeks, uh, both from very good friends of ours, you know, in the ministry and in the, the uh, family of God. And, and uh, so that brings eternal thoughts close to home, doesn't it? Amen. You know, uh, some folks in the even in the church world, and I'm telling you, I'm expecting nothing from the world, just the world, as we say. You know, for you to be expecting the world just to get better by itself, can I just say this? You're crazier than you look. Because the world it has, does, doesn't have, uh, um, the world doesn't have um, Jesus um, as their Redeemer. And, or Father God is their heavenly Father. And so uh, the world is gone. And the Bible tells us, again, talking just about end times, that the Bible tells us that the world is going to wax worse and worse, get colder and colder, meaner and meaner, more of the spirit of anti-Christ, anti-church, anti-Bible, anti-God, anti-gospel as things go on. Right, but um, the as the world grows darker, the church should grow brighter and stronger, not just go down the tubes with it. Amen. And uh, you know, some folks, I, I read a lot of stuff on Facebook. I probably should just get off of it because it affects me. But uh, you know, I read, I read. It's not the, it's not people go, oh my, there's some, there's some really bad four letter words that end up on there and so forth. And I'm going, okay, sure. That's the world. That's the way they talk. That's the way they think. It's the Christian stuff that drives you nuts because they should, the, people should be talking about authority and who they are in Christ. And instead they sound more desperate than the world. And just, we shouldn't have this sound of desperation about us. Amen. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. And uh, that's the way we should be pointing people to souls to Calvary. And the worse it gets, the more we should point them and say, hey. They say, oh, well, where are we going to turn? What are we going to do? Even the government's failed. Even the, the president we voted in that we were so hopeful would turn things around. He's gone the wrong direction. I mean, people just get all upset and up in arms over it. And I'm going, stop looking for light and life from the world. You're not going to get it from them. You're going to only get it from the Word of God and from the Spirit of God. Can you say amen, somebody? And so, um, all I know to do every time I get up here to preach is uh, open the Bible. See what the Bible says about it and everything. 
uh, about that. Anyway, we've been to a few funerals and we were talking about what a hope it is when you go to a funeral or call it what you want. It's a funeral. You know, they call it celebration of life or whatever, but you know, we're also, we're also grieving, not as those that have no hope, but we still grieve over the loss. We're not feeling sorry for the believer, especially that's gone on. No, don't feel sorry for them. They wouldn't come back if they, for all the tea in China. And China does own all the tea now, apparently. But, uh, you know, we, they wouldn't come back from, from, for all the money in the world or what do they say the world with a fence around it. Uh, if they could change places. But, so we, you know, we don't really grieve or weep for those that's gone on to be with Jesus, do we? It's kind of, it's kind of a mixed bag, isn't it, of emotions? Because on one hand, someone goes on, you know, we're sad that, that, uh, that they're not here with us. That we're sad that we're not going to be able to call them on the phone, talk to them, pick their brain, amen, have fun with them, uh, go through, continue to go through life with them. But for them, we should be rejoicing because they're at the place that we were singing about a few minutes ago. When we all get to heaven, we'll walk the streets of gold. Amen. Not just a little thin pavement. It's not gold-plated, electro-plated gold. It's solid gold. Amen. How many know if you go to a jewelry store and you buy a piece of solid gold, it costs more money than uh, electro-plated whatever? I don't care how many layers they say they got on there. It'll eventually rub off. But, uh, uh, these are not, these are not just paved with gold pavement. These are solid gold streets. Hallelujah. And, uh, so we're, we're going to get to these verses in a minute. I just wanted to tell you that I had the thought going to a couple of funerals that what a peace it is that brings to us when we're thinking about someone that's gone on. What a peace it is that to think about heaven and what heaven is like and what they're experiencing right now as we're sitting there, you know, weeping over their earth suit that they've taken off. We're going to read a scripture about that. There is a scripture about that. And, there, and we're over there just crying over this used up earth suit. <laughs> Amen. And they've gone on. Uh, and They're certainly not crying over it. I'll tell you that right now. They're rejoicing with, uh, number one, with Jesus and all the heavenly host and uh, loved ones that's gone before them and reunited. Amen. We sing that old song, Glad Reunion Day. Hallelujah. And I can't even sing that because I just fall apart. So don't bring that to the piano because I ain't singing it because I, I can't sing it. I can play it for you, but I can't sing it because it just it, it brings... Too much stuff up, you know, understand, but it, it, it is good words. There is going to be a glad reunion day. Amen. And, uh, and, uh, thank God for that. So I was just thinking, why do we sing our best songs and do our best preaching at funerals? And then we never talk about it any other time. Now, when I grew up in Pentecost, we talked a lot about heaven and, uh, Kind of shrugged about the here and now, which is not good either. That's the other ditch. <laughs> but, uh, 
Because we need both of it, don't we? We need to know how to have victory and peace and all that, and prosperity and healing here. Amen. But yet on the other hand, we don't need to get so focused on here that we forget that there's a heavenly home and a reward awaiting. Amen. Praise God. And so I decided, I told Scarlett, I said, I'm going to start preaching a little bit more on heaven. And uh, that we get we get our grieving and, and all that in, our, in the right order. Amen. There is a grief. There's nothing there. You don't need to. There's people in the ditch on, on all sides of this. And some of them almost go to the extent that grieving's a sin. And uh, it's wrong to do. Well, the Bible doesn't say that. It says we do grieve, but not as those that have no hope. If you get into the no hope area, then you're probably in sin. <laughs> More, We don't have to go there. We just say you're probably just not getting the whole perspective. Amen. So like Brother Hagin used to say, when folks go on to be with the Lord, he said most of our tears are for ourselves, our sense of loss. But they, the person that's gone on, they don't have that. I hope this is helping you some way. Maybe if you've lost a loved one and every now and then you think about them and you get a little sad, get the right perspective. Get a heavenly view and that sadness will leave you. And you'll rejoice with them. And I believe we can rejoice together. You know, there's a there's a thin veil between us and the, the next world. And I believe when we're praising the Lord and singing songs on the earth and uh, you know, really praising, worshiping the Lord and, and, and praising the Lord. I believe that the angelic hosts are singing with us. And I believe that saints of God that's gone on are singing with us. Amen. And you'll never be closer to folks that's gone on than when you're in worship and when you're praising. Amen. Praise God. Uh, not supposed to join hands and have a seance and ask grandma what she thinks now. That's not, that's not right. That's weird. You're, you're off. If you're doing weird stuff like that, shame on you. That's not godly. But, uh, we can, we can have a closeness only in the real spirit realm. Amen? And the Holy Spirit realm. Enough on that. Uh, let's go to some of these scriptures and just look at, we're gonna bop around here, uh, on some of these scriptures, but I just wanted you to see what the Bible says about heaven and about um, the things the things that are not on the earth. All right, Second Corinthians five and verse eight. Again, um, and, and, and in fact, let's go back to verse six and we'll read verse six, seven, and eight. And um, again, the Apostle Paul is. Assuring us of hope of glory. Amen. Now I'll tell you, if you can't get victory any other way, you can get victory through this. Like maybe there's so much going on in your life. You do, you all here in the auditorium in the chapel here at our church know that when I'm speaking, I'm speaking too to people that are watching on the internet. Not just to you, amen? Because you might think, well, why is he saying this? We're all pretty pretty well set here. Well, but there are people that are watching that the Holy Spirit might want to say something to today, amen? So we have to think beyond our four walls. I don't know about you, I'm having fun today. This is really 
I'm happy to be here. I'd rather be here than the best insane asylum in the state of Florida. For biting on a bullet, praise the Lord. Biting on a rubber handle. Praise God. All right. Second Corinthians, they don't do that anymore, so I can say that. Second Corinthians, maybe they should. All right. Uh, and then look at verse uh, six. Um, no. Where did I want to, where did I want to go? Six, that's right. Wherefore, we are always confident. That's good, isn't it? I'd like, to, how, how many would like to always be confident? Knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Think about that. As much as we enjoy life here, want to be here, nobody wants to sign up to go today, I think. Um, there is this truth, and, and Paul said it's a confident truth, that while we're here, like you can't have it both ways, amen? While we're here, we're, we are away from the physical, face-to-face presence with the Lord, amen? For we walk by faith, not by sight, amen? We are confident, I say, and willing, rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Now there's a, there is a bigger perspective than most of us walk and live in every day. Praise God. You say, Pastor, you sound like you're preaching a funeral. I'm not. This is not a, this is not just a funeral verse. It's the only time it's ever read anymore, but it's not, it shouldn't just be read at funerals. Amen. We should remember this. And when we get the news, that someone has passed away or has, you know, what do we mean by that, passed away? Well, we just mean they have passed from this life into the next one. And there is a passageway there. And you don't, you fly, you know, like those old quartet songs, we're going to fly through the stars and through the Milky Way and all, like, like we're Superman, you know, flying. It, it, that's not, no, wrong, bad doctrine. Might enjoy that song, clap our hands, but that is not good Bible doctrine. Uh, Brother Hagen put it this way. He said, you know, going from this life into the next is like walking from this room into the next room. Literally just like walking through the door. It's that close. Heaven is right here. Amen. It's not far, far away, way up in the outer space somewhere beyond, you know, Pluto or someplace. They're not even sure Pluto is a planet now. They're arguing over that. How they know, I don't know. Dr. Fauci probably told them. But, uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, uh, the Wizard of Oz. He knows all. But, uh, you know, like we're, again, super, you get these, you get these images from some songs and all, like we're Superman flying, you know, flying far away. Heaven's not far away up there. Oh, God in heaven, way up there, yonder way, so far we can't see you. That is not true. We're trying to see him with our physical eyes instead of with our spiritual eyes. Hallelujah. It's it's just from this realm, it's like me stepping off of this platform. It's that close. That's how close heaven is. That's how close the spiritual world, uh, eternal world is. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Uh, that might freak some people out, but there's no need to be freaked out about it. You should, the reason you're freaked out about eternal things is you've watched too many movies on Hollywood nonsense. 
that you got pot-smoking freaks writing movie scripts and putting it on, and then Christians go pay money to watch that and go, wow, that's really something. It is not something. It's usually antichrist all through it. And anti-faith, that's for sure. So, you know what I'm saying? Come on, let's just get out of the world here a minute and get into the Word and get a real right perspective on things. And so, you know, because of this, and I've been having this hammered into me my whole life, when I hear the news that somebody has passed, our immediate, our thoughts go to the loved ones who are dealing with and re, dealing and really with the news. And I know that that's a shock. I've, hello, I've got a PhD in it, my own family, and uh, unfortunately. But I will tell you, on the same hand, we immediately think of the departed and we think, about the victory that they're walking in. It's just so beautiful. Amen. And that they're no longer absent from the Lord, but with Him in eternal glory. Isn't that beautiful? And if you can't find beauty in that, I don't know, you need a second dip of something. Go to Dairy Queen, stick your head in the vat. Praise the Lord. Y'all getting anything out of this at all? We used to sing that song, it's from, it's in the Red Back Hymnal, you know, that heavenly home shall surely be mine. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, look at Revelations 7. We're gonna, like I said, we're gonna hop, skip, and a jump over some, some of these verses. Some of these are popular, <laughs> popular verses, some of them a little more obscure. But they're all good, and we're going to do a study sometime of all the heaven verses. Wouldn't that be good just to know? That went over big. All right. <laughs> Revelation seven, fifteen. Crick. You know, you always know you've hit something when there's crickets. Crickets. Revelation seven, uh, and uh, this. Um, is talking about all the beauties of heaven and the vision of heaven. In fact, let's back up and, and look at um, talking about all the tribes that are going to be there. I want you to look at verse 9 um, of this Revelation 7. Look at verse 9. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude. Now, folks, this is what is the scene right now. If you've got loved ones that you've lost or someone that looks like they're about to go, get a right perspective about this. Amen? Uh, it's not the end of the world. For them, it's the beginning of their world. Uh, after this, I beheld and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and all kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. They're all from Florida. Cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood about round the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces, worshiping God, saying, 
a man, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Keep reading. This is all about the description of heaven. See, all we ever talk about is streets of gold and pearly gates. But there's more to it than that. And I believe that the spiritual things that are happening and the beauty of God the Father and the glory of the Son will so show out, shine those streets of gold and mansions and pearly gates that we won't even care about that anymore. Well, that went over big too. But it's the truth. Amen. There's greater things in heaven than the pavement. Therefore are they before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them, and they shall hunger no more. Look at this. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is on the, in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and they shall lead them unto living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Like Brother John Osteen used to say, there's no crying, sighing, or dying anymore. Amen? Is this helping you? Get a perspective. Get the right perspective. This world is not our home. We're just a passing through. (laughs) Amen? We're occupying till he comes. But I'm telling you, this is not our home. We are citizens of heaven. And we're, and we, we, that's why we need to study where we're from and where we're going. Glory. I hope you're getting something out of it. Look at John. Look at John. We're going to do this in the order I've got them here. Look at John 14. Now, your bulletin's got these scriptures in it. Take it home and study it yourself. Amen? Look at it in different translations if you have that available to you. And uh, if you have a computer, they have all kind of Bible programs. A lot of them are free. You don't even have to pay for them. And you can look up scriptures in different uh, translations. All right, here's here's a message. You want to hear a word from the Lord today for all that's going on in the world? COVID, Delta, whatever, Alpha, Beta, something. All the sounds like now they're naming virus strains after fraternities and sororities. Some of them might have been a virus. I don't know. <laughs> Come on, have a sense of humor. But they got virus train, you know, they're naming them, they're naming them now with Greek letters. I don't know how that goes over in Tarpon Springs. Uh, and so you got all that pandemic, 
plus, you know, Afghanistan and its problems, and now that's opening up problems for other parts of the world, and, you know, everything just looks like, and they're talking about inflation coming, and this and that, and boys, the bad news got worse in about the last 10 days, didn't it? I mean, it just got so bad. But here is a word. How many want to know what the Lord says about this world and what's going on? How many like to hear what God says? You think he's got, should, should God weigh in here? Well, by the Holy Spirit, uh, in John, we read this. Let not your heart be troubled. Woo! People say, oh, I'm just troubled. Well, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm troubled because I'm not going to let my heart be troubled. See, you word of faith people, you just don't care about anything. Got that right. S amen. I cast all my care on the Lord. I'm not carrying anything. Amen. So thank you for the compliment. Because they say, well, you just, I'm going to the church that cares. Well, let me know how that works out for you because I'll tell you, care will beat the snot out of you and, and, and destroy you. Let us know how that goes. Go to the church that cares. We're at the church that doesn't care because we cast our care over on the Lord and we'll encourage you to cast your care over on the Lord so we don't have to go around talking about how much we care. I'm not caring. Amen. I'm not carrying any heavy burdens. Well, my Lord, to be a pastor these days, it must just be such a heavy burden to carry all that on you. Oh, Jesus, help him, Jesus. No, no, in the name <laughs> I'm going to get out my cross and garlic and we have the hammer and stake in the trunk in case things get really out of hand. Count Dracula, you know. I'm just telling you, uh, <laughs> I, I don't like that kind of talk. I don't carry a heavy burden because I cast it on the Lord. And even when I find out in the church that there's needs and problems, there's going to be... The only way to have a church with no problems is to not have any people in it. But you got people, you're going to have problems. People have problems. I have problems, you know. Come on. And, and so, you know, we, we have, uh, things and, and, and I get, and I can, um, Pastor Scarlett and I are very concerned and we seek the Lord and we pray. Amen. And, and, and put out whatever we need to in the spirit realm. But after that, I cast the care over on the Lord. I don't go around all day burdened down with the problems of the church. Because that's a good way to kill off the pastor early, I'm telling you. Are you all with me? Understand that. Well, you know, I don't know. I think some people, misery loves company, if you want to know the truth. Plus, don't you want your leader... You know, in any setting, whether a church or government or whatever, don't you want him to to be the one to say, come on now, we're going to overcome this. There's a time to weep together, but then there's a time to blow your nose and wipe your eyes and say, okay, right? <laughs> like a 12-year-old wiping his nose with his sleeve, you know. All right, straighten up here. Wash your face. My dad would, I'd be crying, you know. He, oh, I'd be crying over that horrible statement of, if you don't stop crying, I'm going to give you something to cry about. Well, obviously, I already have something to cry about, you know. But anyway, 
That's what I got told. Anybody grew up with folks like that, you know, uh, if you got, <laughs> if you don't stop crying, we'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> well, I always say, I already have something to cry about. <laughs> but, you know, there was a time, you know, you know that after we have to talk about something, change things a little bit, you know, be, now go in the, go in the bathroom, wash your face, come back out here, let's talk about this. Amen. We have a plan. Overcome whatever it is that was come against us. Amen. That's leadership in the home. And that's the kind of leadership we need in the church too. You know, cause if the pastor's curled up under the pew in the fetal position, oh my God, where does that leave everybody else? Not good. It's not good. I'm telling you, I've seen that scenario before and it's not good. Hallelujah. You know, there's an anointing. To be, I think there's an anointing to stand in offices and, and to be able to not over, only overcome, but help others to overcome. Say, now come on here. The Bible's not changed. The Word is the same. Jesus is the same. Hebrews 13, 8 says that. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God never changes. With Him there is no variableness, even shadow of turning. And the Word. How many believe the Word doesn't change? It's not like every time you read it, well, they've edited that. Well, unless you depend on Zondervan, who redoes their Bibles all the time. But, you know, we can't hold everything against Dutch people. But, um, you know, if you get a good translation that you can depend on, praise God. Are you all with me? It doesn't change, does it? It's always there. By the way, if you like Amplified Bible Classic, you better buy all of them you can find because they're out of print. You know, they're not printing them anymore. They got this new one and it's changed. It's different. It's, it's, I don't like, I don't like it. I'm just saying. I'm griping. Let's write. Let's go march on Grand Rapids, Michigan and see if we can get something to change. Everybody else is marching. Why shouldn't we? All right. Uh, where am I? Oh, yes. John 14. Help me, Jesus. There was a girl at Rama. Our uh, sister Cherie here will appreciate this. There was a girl at Rama one time at prayer school. They had a little testimony time, and she stood up, a student, you know, and she said, "I got so anointed last night at my apartment. I laid hands on myself and passed out in the spirit." You know, that's anointed when you knock yourself out. John fourteen one. Here's the word from the Lord. Everybody say, I'm ready for the word from the Lord. Amen. Let not your heart be troubled. I'm not going to let mine be troubled. You can do do your thing, but I'm not going to do it. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are just a few cots out on the porch with a mosquito net. No, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go now, is the implication, to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. Amen. That's a heavenly thought right there. He's working on our 
mansion. And getting it ready. Aren't you glad for that? Look at Revelation. 21. we got just a couple of more verses we're going to look at today. i got to watch my time or I'll let the Baptist beat us to the cafeteria. Revelation 21. Um, and then we're going to look at verses 9 through 12. Talking, again, talking about uh, heaven. And there, uh, again, uh, John the Revelator here giving us his vision of heaven. Amen. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. That's the church, folks. Say, that means me. I'm in the church. Say that. Repeat this after me. I'm in the church. And so I'm part of the bride. Yeah, praise God. Isn't that beautiful? And he carried me away in the spirit. People say, now if you got there to that Pentecostal church, don't get carried away. Well, here somebody got carried away. <laughs> I want to get carried away. How about you? Zap me, Jesus. Zap me. <laughs> Woo! Come on, folks, we've had enough screwed down services, you know, everybody's duct taped like they're duct taping people to their seats and planes now that act up. I think I've been in services where I felt duct taped to the chair. All right. You wish you could duct tape the preacher. Um, he says he, and he carried me away in the spirit. Don't want to get carried away. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem. There's the Jerusalem below and the Jerusalem above. This is the heavenly one. Amen. Descending out of heaven from God. Woo! Having the glory of God. And her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal, and had a wall great and high and had twelve gates. And at the gates, twelve angels and the names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And uh, he's going on and on talking about the measurements of this city and all the things, look at verse 19, well, look at verse 18, the building of the wall of it was of jasper. The city was pure gold like unto clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third uh, chalcedony, I don't know what that is. The fourth, an go to your jeweler and ask for a Chalcedony ring. I don't know. Uh, emerald. 
the the fifth sardonyx, the sixth, anyway, on and on, all these all these semi precious and precious stones. Look at this. The twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every gate, this is important, because we sing about pearly gates as if they're like, you know, pearl lake inlay or something, you know. This is every several every gate was of one pearl. Somebody said, I'd like to sing that oyster. When you got a pearl big enough to make a whole gate out of it. Isn't that something? And the streets of the city was pure gold as if it were transparent glass. In other words, not just gold pavement, not just gold plating, gold, solid gold. And I saw, y'all want to hear more of these? Are you enjoying this description of heaven this morning? I mean, we got to get our mind out of the gutter, literally, and get into a higher place. And I think this is going to be one of the secrets of surviving in these last days and having victory. Is get your mind off of this earth and get your mind on heaven. Amen. And he says, and I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb were the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And then he goes on and on about uh, more uh, beautiful things. And in chapter 22, he talks about the river of water of life. Clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. On and on. You can see if we just, if we spent time that we should on these verses, uh, we'd be here all afternoon. Is, is any of this blessing you today? Yeah. It gets our mind, like I said, out of the gutter and over onto something eternal. For the things of this earth, are temporal, but the things of heaven, amen, are eternal. Second Corinthians 5, we're just kind of doing a little word study here today. And uh, talking about what happens to people's bodies. We, Like I said, we make such a big deal out of the body, but again, getting the right perspective. Not saying we shouldn't be honorable, we shouldn't be respectful, we should be. But I'm telling you, that's not the end. That body that we put in the ground or uh, other uh, procedures than which, you know, on the earth we find the best ways to deal with things. But I'm telling you, that's not the end of it, folks. There's something, a higher thought about our bodies. Like, look at your hand and say, my body, you know. So we're talking about the body here. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. You got a heavenly body. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. 
For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, this body, our physical body, being burdened, not for that we should, we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up in life. Amen. And then we get down to the verses that we read earlier that um, while we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. Anyway, that gives you a picture there of what, how to think proper, we could say proper believer or Christian thought on our bodies. Amen. It's our earth suit. One person said it's like our earth suit. Amen. And, uh, when we no longer need this earth suit, we're going to lay it down and we'll pick up our heavenly suit. Well, everybody that you've lost and that you have any grief over losing, think about what their life is like right now. Amen. Well, that's nice, Pastor. All right. You know, you know, you can milk things if you want to, but it's not healthy, spiritually or otherwise, is it? You have to kind of get past stuff. Look at um, Philippians 3, 20. Amen. I'm going the wrong way here. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Philippians 3, 20. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Now, right before that, he talks about folks who mind earthly things, as being problematic. Um, he uh, let's read that. Uh, let's start at verse seventeen, talking about walking by faith. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as you have us for an example. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Well, we don't want to become that. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. Who mind earthly things. Now that, you don't want to get in the ditch with that and say, well, that means I don't have to mow my grass or wash my car or, Take a bath <laughs> or any of those things, right? You say, well, I don't want to be mindful of earthly things. See, see, folks sometimes just go in the ditch with something and they're, they're like out in wacky land and blaming the scripture for it. And, uh, there's, you know, you have to mind certain things on the earth that you've been given to mind, right? Your responsibilities. 
But he's talking about minding earthly things alone by themselves and not caring anything about spiritual things. We need, we need to pay attention to all of it. For our conversation or our lifestyle or our roots or our connections of all that is in heaven. Amen. Keep a heavenly connection. Don't become so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good, but don't become so earthly minded that you become one of those enemy, enemy people. All right. That's all I got for today from verses. I think that's enough to get us started. And I encourage you study the, study the scriptures. Take, you know, we don't have to necessarily preach every word of the Bible here to be balanced. You can take your own Bible home, get a concordance. If you don't have a computer, buy a concordance and look up scriptures and look up other translations. They've got some Bibles that'll have several translations in one Bible. And, uh, you can, you can study that way. Amen. And get, get some, get some stuff out of it that'll put you over. So if you're having a hard day and a hard time, just say, beam me up, Scotty. That doesn't mean you're going to die and leave the planet, but it just means in your mind, I'm going to just take, you know, I like that commercial. They, they, they show somebody soaking in a tub of, uh, of, um, bubble bath. And it says, take me away, Calgon bath oil beads, you know. And they show her, you know, in the tub. And then there's all of a sudden there's a tropical paradise or a beach or something. In other words, she's escaped. And then then they come back to Earth and her kids are screaming and throwing stuff down the hall. And, you know, that's reality. Sometimes that's the way our life is, isn't it? Stuff's screaming at us and throwing stuff down the hall. And the dog's chewing up your favorite pair of shoes or whatever. And you're going, oh, man, I'm just overwhelmed. And sometimes you just need to take a minute and get out of this realm and into the heavenlies and say, praise God, take me away in my mind, in my soul, in my heart. Take me away to some place that's greater and let me get a heavenly perspective. And I'll tell you, that'll put you over in the midst of grief. In the midst of trial and tribulation. Amen. People sometimes will say to me still, well, yeah, you and your perfect life. What have you ever gone through? I've said, well, you've got three hours. I can tell you I've been through a lot. But I've got the victory because I've got a heavenly perspective. Amen. And, and it's not something you just automatically get. You have to work at it a little bit. You have to read the scripture and Study the word. Amen. And say, and say, Lord, show me some things. All right. Praise God. Let's lift our hands and thank God today for the word. Thank you, Lord. We praise your name and, uh, we glorify you. We thank you for this heavenly hope that we have as believers. Lord, help us to get a spiritually minded, heavenly minded perspective on our life. Lord, we thank you that in the meantime, while we're here, we can declare ourselves righteous. We can declare ourselves healed and whole above and not beneath. Amen. Abraham's blessings belong to us now as much as they ever will. 
Lord, we thank you for those that are watching by internet. If they've got a sickness or malady in their body, we thank you for your healing touch. In the name of Jesus, I command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, tumors and things to dry up. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power, your healing touch. Lord, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, let's lift our hands and thank God. And 